Welcome to Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now, it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be sharing with you another positive birth stories. I know how much you are loving listening to these positive birth stories, and I want to thank you for the reviews and the comments and the emails that you're sending me, because I know these these birth stories really, really help you, and I know they're helping to shift your thinking, your feelings, your perspective, so that you can really go into your birthing experience with feelings of positivity and really getting rid of the fear. So I'm so pleased to be able to bring you another positive birth story. Now, today I'm going to be sharing a story from Shakira Akabusi. Now, if you're from the UK, you might recognise that surname because, yes, she is the daughter of the former UK athlete and gold medalist Chris Akabusi. And she's a fitness trainer and a commentator and fitness journalist. So she's going to be sharing with me, with us her pregnancy journey and her positive birth story. But before I go into sharing all that, I just want to sort of share with you a little bit of an update on how the podcast is going. And actually, it's going brilliantly. I'm totally, totally amazed and flabbergasted and overwhelmed by the fact that we hit nearly 22,000 downloads last week of the podcast, which I cannot believe at all. It's just amazing. And of course, the if you listen to last week's show, then you'll know that the podcast is a finalist in the UK Podcasting Awards in the Kids and Family for category. And I'm going to be finding out this weekend how we did. So um, yeah, if you want to find out, then tune in next week. Of course, I'll be sharing details from my Twitter account direct on Saturday because I'll be at the awards ceremony. I was actually booked to go to this conference before I knew there were some awards. So it's very lucky that I was, I'm going to be there anyway, which is great. So yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Alexia L and see how I do. And of course, if you want to tweet me and wish me luck and, um, you know, help to calm my nerves as I'm sitting there waiting for the results, then feel free to send me a tweet on Saturday night, uh, UK time, uh, that will be, that'll be UK time, because the award ceremony will be happening in Manchester, which is here in the UK, not far from where I live, thankfully. So yeah, I'm going to be really uh, hoping that I'm going to be sharing some great news next week. But of course, it's great news anyway, because I just cannot believe that the podcast has made it to the finals. Anyway, enough of that. So now I'm going to hand over in a minute to when I spoke to Shakira. Now, the chat with Shakira is just brilliant for so many reasons, because 
As I mentioned at the beginning, Shakira is a personal trainer and a fitness coach and a fitness journalist. So she she comes into her pregnancy being super fit. Now I know, you know, we're not all super fit, but many of you listening are super fit and want to be able to maintain that fitness through your pregnancy. But more importantly, maybe get your fitness back quickly after birth as well. So she talks all about that, how she handled her fitness throughout the pregnancy, and then how she started getting back into exercise, what she did after birth. So there's all that stuff that we talk about. But she also talks, of course, about her pregnancy journey and how she was completely and utterly terrified about the birth. She was completely delighted that she was pregnant. But yes, she had fears around the birth. And so listening to how she overcame those fears and dealt with those fears is really really interesting. Now Shakira chose to have an epidural for her birth and she chose to have that from the outset. So it's going to be really interesting for you to hear a birth story that isn't a natural birth story because so far a lot of the birth stories I've shared here on the podcast have been natural birth stories. So it's really great to hear her perspective on why she chose to have an epidural and what that experience was like for her. And then finally we talk a lot about breastfeeding as well because she talks a lot about the struggles that she's had with breastfeeding. Her little one Rio is seven months out and she's still breastfeeding him but she hasn't found it easy and she's just recently published an article on Huffington Post because she's a Huffington Post contributor and so we talk a little bit about breastfeeding and how to overcome the challenges that you might have with breastfeeding and she shares some really good insights to how you can cope better with the breastfeeding challenge. There's loads of really great stuff in the chat I have with Shakira so I really hope that you enjoy everything that she's got to share. So here's the time that I spoke to Shakira all about her pregnancy journey and so much more. Well welcome Shakira to the Fear Free Childhood podcast. Thank you, hi good to be here. Well, uh, now we're going to be talking all about your pregnancy journey and your wonderful birth experience. So before we dive into all that, would you mind just sort of telling the listeners a little bit about who you are, Shakira, and a little bit about what you do? Yes. So, um, okay, my name's Shakira Martin. Um, I, in my working life, I go by Shakira Akabusi, which is my maiden name. Um, and I'm a personal trainer and um, health and wellness sort of expert and kind of a commentator about, so I do a lot of journalism and writing articles about um, health and fitness and primarily about fitness post labor and how mums can get healthy and fit and also with their child a lot of the time women don't have time to get fit so I do a lot of work about um, with women who have babies and trying to include their children in their workouts and how they can work out from home and even for example something I'm building at the minute is how you use everyday objects like a washing basket or a cooking pot or anything like that to like build a workout so that's kind of what I'm focused on at the minute. I think I'm gonna have to get hold of this program when you finish with it so (laughs) do keep me posted. (laughs) Yeah I'll send it to you I'll send you the information it's really it's really good fun and uh, again I'm getting quite a lot of women you know saying oh can you know how can I find out more about it and you know things like that so that's all going really well oh brilliant well we're going to share all the juicy details when we can here on the podcast so um so thank you for sharing a little bit about you so let me just ask you this before you know Mm -hmm. just to kick things off just tell tell the listeners what the minute you found out that you were pregnant that moment that you first found out that you were pregnant how was that for you Uh, amazing I mean I um 
I'm very much about sort of positive mental state and just and, and not just a positive mental state, but always preparing for something. And I really wanted to have a baby and we talked about it and I really wanted to be pregnant. And I straight away, I was panicking. Oh, my gosh, you know, how am I going to get pregnant? And, you know, reading all the online things. How do you quickly get pregnant? What should I be eating? What should I be? I'm completely, you know, just when I when I decide to do something, I totally throw myself in. Um, and then I actually... So I actually did a vision board oh. where I sort of, yeah, stuck, you know, cut out images and words and, you know, just anything that meant something to me that were all about, you know, I had healthy, I had mum, I had baby, I had, you know, pregnancy, all these things meant something to me. And that, the month I did that was actually the month that I fell pregnant. Wow. Um, and I, I tested early because I was so excited. <laughs> and I looked at the test and I thought, oh, no, there's, nothing's come up there. I'm, I'm not pregnant. And I got back into bed because it was early morning and my husband was away. And I got back into bed. And then 20 minutes later, I thought, I'm just going to check just in case something happened. Click, turn my bedside light on, and there were two lines on the test. And I jumped up and I thought, oh, my God, am I actually? And the first thing I did was run to the mirror then. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And my husband was away for two days. And the one thing he said to me is, please just don't tell me when I'm away. I want to be with you. I don't want you to tell me over the phone. So for two days, I couldn't tell anybody. And I just walked around the whole time thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I'm pregnant. I mean, I'm pregnant. It just was, it, I immediately felt really, res- like I had to be responsible. And, oh, you know, I'm on a journey to become a mother now. And, you know, was obviously really excited, but just couldn't share that with anybody. <laughs> so for two days, I drove myself crazy. And then finally, I was able to say, which was obviously really exciting. That must have been, I'm just imagining what that must have been like. That must have been an absolute nightmare, having to it stay was quiet. A nightmare. I didn't want to talk to anyone, so my mum would call me and say, oh, Shakira, you know, how's your day? And I was like, yep, yep, fine, yep, okay, gotta go, go, go. It absolute nightmare. So once you found out then, you were able to sort of really just go to town with it. So how, how did that pregnancy unfold for you then? Um, I actually... Um, initially was was great and then as I got as the pregnancy developed and went on that was actually the part that I hadn't anticipated being difficult that I actually had to work a lot on because I'm very active and I'm very healthy and when you're pregnant you do have to adapt what you do Mm. and so I had to adapt a lot of things and I just didn't quite have the energy to do a lot of things that I usually do like I have a dog and you know walking the dog but as the pregnancy went on I got more tired or walking hills and you know all that type of stuff so I I kind of didn't struggle but I kind of really had to work on the physical changes and I, I hadn't spent any time really thinking about that mm-hmm. um and like I'm I'm sure some of your listeners are I was petrified for labor and I that was my focus the second I got pregnant yeah 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 really happy and then I thought oh my gosh and now I've got to have it oh my god I'm really fat and then I just spent the whole nine months and it's kind of one of the reasons I really wanted to speak with you is because I I am so annoyed with myself now that I didn't really enjoy the pregnancy as much as I could have done and and everyone else said to me enjoy your first pregnancy because you'll never have another one like it because the second time you've already got another child so your focus is on your other child and and then you're pregnant you still have to do everything enjoy this pregnancy and really enjoy being pregnant and feeling pregnant and being the kicks and you know all of the, I really enjoy that and I just couldn't because I was just so petrified the whole time 
Oh, wow. So the, the fear of the actual birth was kind of sort of clouding your thoughts throughout most of your pregnancy. Yeah, it did at the time. Yeah, it really did. I was re- it was a real focus of mine because I'm, I'm quite, I'm terrified of everything. I mean, I am terrified of needles and I ended up having the epidural, which I'll share with you later. But I literally thought, oh my gosh, I don't, how, am I, how am I ever going to do this? I didn't even know how I would, you know, have the blood tests that you have and all this. But, you know, and the second time I would be, so relaxed about it because I did have such a positive experience mm. um, you know and I know it's different for everybody I know that labors are different and pregnancies are different but I think you know like I said at the beginning I'm all about uh, your mental state and that's where I was I really messed myself over because I then spent so much time mentally focused on this labor mm. rather than you know enjoying the moment and then creating a positive mental attitude towards labor i didn't really you know but so it's something that i didn't really then live by in that instance mm. so how did you feel as you were approaching birth and were you tapping into any of the strategies or things that you usually do for positive mental attitude or what what, what were you doing to prepare for the birth if, if anything well, as it got closer and closer to the birth, and I'm sure lots of people would um, agree with this, the closer it gets, the more you just want to meet your baby. And when you can start to feel, not even just the kicks, but when you start to feel them, you know, it's like a rolling sensation when you mm. feel the foot roll. And, and the more that happened, and, and, and right towards the end, then I really felt, I actually, I just really want to meet him. And I, I, did, I knew it was a boy. Um, and I just was desperate to meet him. And then I wanted, and I, I really wanted to, um, you know, hold him. And my protective instinct kicked in like, before he was actually born. And I just wanted to already, you know, protect him and care for him and all of that b- before he was even born. So then eventually that kind of took over. And, and in the last three or four weeks, that was my mental mindset. So mm. th- at that stage, I started to get over that. And, and, I know this sounds very silly, but um, because I'd by that point had a few blood tests, and again, I had such good experiences with them, and I'm so terrified of needles normally, that that made me think, oh, hang on, if that's that's been okay, and I've just worked that up in my head, maybe it's not going to be, you know, this disaster that I, you know, feel that it's going to be and have heard that it can be and blah 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 so Mm. you know that that then I think really helped me as well so when you when you were think you know when you were terrified about the birth what what was it specifically that was freaking you out about the birth was there anything that was was it all of it It was just a big blur was there anything specific that was bothering you I just I just had in my head I just I was, I'm sure women who haven't had a baby but are pregnant will be thinking, wait, I don't understand. How is that size head <laughs> coming out of there? And, and that was... That like, was exactly mine in my first pregnancy. Yeah. And people were buying me, like, newborn clothes, and they were saying, oh, isn't it tiny? And I was looking at it thinking, look, that is huge, and that I do understand how I'm going to get it out. So it was more that, really, that then freaked me out, mm. you know. So did you do any reading of pregnancy books or anything like that while you were pregnant? No, I actually avoided that. And I was given loads, but I actually avoided it because I, because I was so freaked out already and I don't really think about, you know, if you, 
if you online you can find a horror story about everything yeah and i just didn't want to see anything or hear anything i didn't want to youtube an epidural and i just didn't want to do any of that um and actually i think that kind of helped me and, and again why i think what you're doing is so good is because you're actually speaking to people firsthand and getting like you said you know getting the experiences straight from from the mother and you know you're, you're getting the story from that person's experience rather than on an online you know forum where someone's you know dramatizing something for you know or whatever um so yeah i i, I actually really avoided reading up on it okay so when it came to i mean just back to some of the other preparations stuff, i'm thinking given your background in fitness that you probably yeah. did a lot of physical preparation then maybe for the birth did you Yes, I did. I did do a lot of that. I did do a lot of that. And I, I'm really passionate about um, sort of pregnancy fitness and then post-pregnancy fitness. But when you're pregnant, it is really important to be fit and healthy. And labor is what it is, is you do need to have, you know, it, it is physically demanding. It's not scary and it's not painful, but it is a physical demand. And so to get your body physically in that that position to cope with it I really did do a lot of work on that as you said so mm. and again why I felt calm towards the end because I'd gone through all of that I did lots of breathing but I did lots and lots and lots of exercise um running up to that which then helped get me into a place where I felt I actually can be in control of the moment I think mm. that to be honest, I think that was probably the biggest fear worrying that I wouldn't be able to be in control of the situation mm. and if you are prepared in that way you actually can be and and actually I say I didn't read and which I didn't but I did I did do an NCT course okay um and I, so I did have a lot of information given to me in in that and and it, again it did really help having other women that were pregnant at, you know within a, we were all within a month of each other and just having hearing their concerns and all talking about it and then someone explaining to you what is going to happen when and why you know that again really really did help mm, mm. so what kind of exercises did you just did you do to prepare your body then well, so again, it's it's really difficult because it's so specific mm. to to each individual. I'm I'm a health and fitness trainer, so I had quite a high level of fitness, and I I would definitely not advise someone who's never done fitness to you know go for a run at all at all. Um, but so you've got to work with your fitness levels where they already are. Um, and I had quite a high fitness level, so I was actually still teaching my classes, and I, I did some adaptations. I mean, I didn't lift any weights above my head, and you don't want to ever get really physically um, exhausted. You don't want to get out of breath or raise your body temperature or raise your blood pressure or anything like that. So I avoided that, but I did. I was still teaching a lot of classes um, and, and personal training people, so I kept, kept active in that way. Mm. But then I did, I, I, like I said, I've got a dog, so I walked my dog every day, and you can still do some glute exercises and you can still work on some body weight exercises so I did a lot of that and working out home things mm. I remember I did a lot of squats just to yeah, get my yeah, thighs yeah. I thought if I'm going to be in that the squatting is a good good birthing <laughs> position isn't it it really is yeah and exactly, uh, so. I used to do martial art that used a lot of squats so I thought if I train that bit in me at least I can hold that position for long without yeah, feeling like my leg yeah, is going to die and I well, used yeah. it loads actually in my first birth well, and I remember the, the midwife said to me when it got to the point of pushing, she said, okay. I said, how long does it take? I think I was really naive. I said, how long does it take? In my head, I thought, five, ten minutes. 
And she said, oh, it can take about, you know, it can take three hours, around three hours for a first-time mum. And I said, three hours? She said, yeah, 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 yeah. And Rio was born within half an hour. And I think it was because I maintained such a um, healthy, active lifestyle. And, you know, like I said, I, I worked a lot on mm. glute work and a lot of body weight exercises. I think that really did help get mm. me into a good position. Mm. Okay, so now let's just fast forward now to, let's say, you know, leading up to the birth. The birth, you're, you're coming up to your due date. What was your due date? Well, my due date was the 15th of January. Okay. Um, and it was part of the reason we ended we could have named him Rio. And the reason we called him Rio was because his name means River of... Rio de Janeiro means mm. River of January. And then he was born on the 31st of December. So he <laughs> kind of threw that up. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the plan. So my due date was on the 15th of January. So you got a little bit of a cheeky surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just made it into the, the 2014. <laughs> so how did it all kick off for you then? How did you, what what was happening? How did you know that you were in labour? What what was going on with you? Well, this is the other thing. So everyone kept saying to me, because I had a couple of Braxton Hicks contractions, and everyone said, oh, trust me, when it's labour, you will know. And I had no idea. I, I was, we were eating dinner, and I thought, oh, got a bit of a, I mean, I'm getting these cramps and, and it felt just the same as my Braxton Hicks I thought oh never mind I ate dinner went upstairs went to bed blah, blah, blah. and then the, the big giveaway was because I had got up to go to the loo through the night a lot through my pregnancy and I'd been up about four or five times and every time I went to the loo I was having slight you know stomach cramp and I thought oh it's getting uncomfortable and um, and then I looked at my clock and I realised it was only 3am and I thought hang on I've been to the loo about eight times and it's only 3 a.m. That is weird. you Because know, I thought it must have been like six, seven in the morning. And it was only 3 a.m. And that's when I then woke Tom and I said, Tom, I'm not sure if I'm having contractions. And he said, no, no, they said you would know. They said you would know. Just go to sleep. And I thought, okay. So I laid there for about half an hour. I was just lying there thinking, no, I don't. I think this might be contractions. <laughs> and then... Um, and then, again, I wake him up. I said, no, Tom, I think... So then, you know, they tell you to time them. So, well, we timed them. They were all over the place. Some some were, you know, I was having some that were three-minute gaps, some six-minute gaps, then I, a two-minute gap. Literally here, there, and everywhere. So Tom said, well, that, that can't be it. It can't... Just can't be it. And I said, oh, okay, well, that can't be it then. You know, carrying on having contractions. And then they did get slightly more intense. So I thought, oh, well, Tom, if they're not contractions, then I don't really know what's going on because... It's a bit more than, than the Braxton Hicks I've had before. So I said, oh, I really need to live. So I went to the loo again. This, and by this time, it was about 6 a.m. And um, then they talk about this mucus plug that you have. Mm. And as I went to the loo, I, that came out. And then I, that's when I knew, oh, okay, this is actually labour. But that was the first real giveaway. So what yeah. happened from then on? Did they start getting a little bit more consistent, your contractions? Yes, well, so then what happened was I, I had, luckily, that day on New Year's Eve, I had a midwife appointment um, anyway, so I called her. It wasn't until 10, and I called her and said, look, I think I'm, I've gone into labour. Um, you know, can I come in early? Because the hospital was a bit of a drive, so I said, can I just come in to see you? And she was around the corner, and, you know, could you examine me and, and let me know? She said, oh, okay, so we put everything in the car just in case. Got in the car, went round. And she checked and she said, you're actually four centimetres dilated. You want to be going to hospital like now? She said, that baby will be born in a few hours. And I thought, oh, my God. So, <laughs> okay, great. So we got straight in the car and went to hospital. And then on the way to the hospital, they started to get a little bit more intense. 
Um, but again, I, I'd learned a bit about breathing and and I, I felt very in control of what was going on. I didn't feel as panicked as I'd expected. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, and I did a, did a lot of breathing in the car. And, and, and at that stage then, the excitement does, you do get a bit excited because then you call your family and we said, oh, yeah, Shakira's the name. And so, you know, then that, that kind of took over. Mm. Um, and I remember they teach you a lot. We learned a lot about um, oxytocin and that's kind of one of the hormones that you need that helps labor and it's kind of it's a it's a happy hormone and it's produced with with a, a love and affection and it's actually once the baby's born that rush of exhilaration that you feel is a rush of oxytocin in your body so they teach you a lot about you want to you know massaging the woman's feet for example when she's in labor is really good because it helps produce oxytocin which keeps her in a positive mind state and it, it, it boosts labor it keeps it going um and, but what counteracts it is adrenaline. So obviously the excitement that I then felt in the car when I got to the hospital, things had slowed down, and, but they had the, that is natural for it to slow down because you do get this rush of excitement and it can then suddenly the contractions are a bit further apart. And uh, often they say it can have such a drastic effect that they send the person home again and wow. say, right, you need to go home again and come back later you know, because they've just gone back a few steps. And they didn't send me home, but they did say, oh, you know, why don't you lie in the bath and I was lucky enough in my um, hotel room <laughs> in my uh, hospital room they had a bath so I was able to get in the bath um, and I said straight away when I got there I want to have the epidural um, and again I was told one of the things that really freaked me out I was told oh you know they're really going to push you to not have the epidural so if that is what you want they're really going to tell you not to have it um, you know so make sure you're really forceful so I was panicking oh my gosh I'm going to be told that I can't have it I'm going to be told that I can't have it but again it just wasn't like that. They were so helpful. And they, I went in and I said, look, I really do want the epidural. They said, that's absolutely fine. We'll get someone along to your room you know, at some point in the next hour. Why don't you until then get in the bar? And I have to say, if the epidural isn't an option or if it's something that people um, don't want to do, I would actually strongly consider a water birth next time because getting into that bath was absolutely amazing. Because So what happened was, sorry, I got to the hospital checked into us or da 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 went into the room and then I think we needed to move rooms uh, or something and during that time the contractions got a bit more intense and I remember I, th at that point I was then sort of crouched over and I had like a bean bag there that they gave me and I remember thinking oh and I, I was squeezing my husband's hand so at that point then that I did recognize as as a real contraction because I you know I could actually feel that mm. um and then they said, why don't you get in the bath? And I got in the bath, and honestly, that warm water was just, oh, it was... Bliss. Uh, it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. It was literally just... And I was, I was lying in the bath, and I was just sloshing it over my stomach, mm. and it was just so nice. I felt, you know, really calm then. Um, and then, and then the, the, uh, the anaesthetist came in who was giving me the epidural, and she spoke to me while I was in the bath. And she said, yep, you know, not a problem. We'll, we'll get that for you, da, da, da. And then it, it, I didn't actually get, I got to the hospital about eight, and I didn't have the epidural till about 10 or 11. Mm. Um, and so I then, I then got onto the bed, and they, the, the, actually, the thing that shocked me the most of the whole thing was when they spray your back with, an, uh, a, a, like, a sterilizing spray. And I hadn't expected it to be so cold, and it was so cold. <laughs> that gave me, that was the biggest shock of the whole labor was that cold spray because I just hadn't expected it um and then again I had the epidural and I was before 
so freaked out. And before I was doing it, I was actually crying because I was just so scared. I, I hate needles. I was just so scared, so I was crying. And it was absolutely fine. It was, I had a really good anaesthetist. She was brilliant. But I think what they, I, I assume now what they do is they, it, it sort of, it almost it numbs your back as they're doing it. So you don't feel, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel this big needle going in. I didn't, you just do not feel it. You just do not feel it. And I'd said to people, are you sure you can't? Are you sure? Da, da, da. And you, you, it feels like exactly like someone is just pushing with their thumb on your mm. back. And that's, that's, that's the feeling that it is. I don't know of your experience, but that's exactly how it feels. Um, so, and as soon as that was in, I felt, I felt really good then and, and I could still I wasn't completely numb I still again had um, a lot of I still had a lot of control um, and one thing I haven't mentioned is that I, I suffer quite badly from panic attacks and anxiety and I was really worried oh gosh am I going to get a panic attack if I'm completely numb and I wasn't completely numb again I, I did still have movement in my lower body um, and I kept saying to my husband could you keep rubbing my feet just so that I know that I can feel them. So he was just rubbing my feet or tickling my feet, and I could still feel, I did still have some feeling in my legs. Uh, and then the, that then did, uh, labor then slowed down for me a little bit, and it took, I, I don't know where the time went, because it felt like three minutes, but apparently the day passed. And it wasn't until about five o'clock then in the, in the evening when they said to me, you know, you're, you are in a position to push. And they said, we usually give women who, because they said you're fully dilated and you know, everything's ready, da, da, da. And they said, we usually give women a, a bit of time um, now, you know, just to prepare. And I said, do you know what? I said, I, I feel like I want to push now. I have that instinct that I want to push. And they said, okay, not a problem. And it was just one midwife. My husband was there and actually my mom and sister were there. Um, and as I said, I was, I pushed, 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 and I, I've got quite a strong core, um, and I, that must have really helped, and, and that was all great. The only thing I then really felt was I could feel the crowning of the head, and you can feel the stretching, mm. and, um, and, and I said, I said to them, I said to my midwife, I said, look, I can't, like, I, I can't mentally make myself push you know, through that. And she said, okay, not a problem. She said, we can get um, another injection and, and numb down there. And she said, you know, but it's going to take a bit of time to prepare that. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run warm water. I'm just going to get, you know, some hot water in a jug. and I'm just going to pour it over, you know, everything down there just to help you relax. And I said, okay, that's fine. And she just poured the warm water and he just flew out. And wow. I think it must have, which is why I say I would really consider a water birth um, or at least if you are having the epidural or if you are having just a normal birth, if, if that's an option to ask someone to pour warm water, that was, it just, it must have just, one, relaxed everything, but it also really took away the pressure that I was feeling. Mm. And she just poured the warm water, the physically the pressure, um, she poured the warm water and he, my son was born. And, and I, I was actually listening to music, I had headphones in, and I'd said, um, and I, I, was, I was crying, just before I was about to push, I was crying. And everyone was saying, why are you crying, why are you crying? And I said, I am just so excited that I'm about to meet him. I am so excited. And I just, it just fueled the fire. I just wanted him out and I just wanted to hold him so much. And then that was it. Wow. 
Wow. So yeah. how was so what happened when he popped up then? Did they what what happened then? I think it shocked the midwife as well. I don't think she was expecting it because he literally just she poured the water and he just just flew, flew out. out. <laughs> yeah, she sort of caught him and straight away I said I wanted to have him on my chest. So she straight away passed him up to me and um he was lying on my chest and I, I had a t shirt on and I wanted to get the t shirt off but it was caught in with the with the epidural and the um I had like a drip in my arm. So it was caught up and I just said just cut the t shirt. I said I don't care about the t shirt. So they just ripped the t shirt and then I chat him on my chest. It was just and I just I looked at my mum and I said my mum almost fainted. She just said it was she said it's the weirdest thing to see your child have a child. I never she was not prepared. And my husband was there uh, and my sister and I just kept looking at them saying, Isn't he amazing? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he amazing? And he was obviously to me just amazing. <laughs> and it was it wasn't it wasn't I, I then felt really bad after because everyone had said to me, You're gonna feel this massive love and you you know, never felt anything like it. And it wasn't so much, oh my gosh, I feel this massive rush of love. It was just, I felt so protective over him. The protection that I felt was I hadn't expected. And it was just seeing these arms and legs and these little bum cheeks that <laughs> we built that I just could not believe that he was there. And, uh, you know, that was, that, that was incredible. That mm. was incredible. Amazing. That was a really special time. No. Yeah. And it, it, it continues to be, doesn't it? Even now when I, my little one's 10 months and I just look at little arms and the little yeah. cheeks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Eat her. Eat her. I know. <laughs> I said to my mum yesterday at dinner, I said, it's actually, because for me personally, the love grew. Like, I obviously loved him straight away. And as I said, the protective urge was there straight away. But now I, he's now seven and a half months and when I put him to bed, I sit there, and as I'm putting him to bed, I think, oh, please go to sleep, I'm so tired. And the second I leave his room, he's asleep. One, I miss him, and two, I think, God, the amount that I love him is actually quite scary. And if anything was to make me think, oh, I don't know if I want another one, and, and I do want another one, but if anything would make me think, oh, I'm not sure, it's because I love him so much that it's really quite overwhelming. And that is, that it just, every day, it just really does take me back to think, oh my gosh, I really love you more than anything ever. You you know, <laughs> just amazing. Yeah, no, totally. I know it is, it is completely awe-inspiring, amazing, yeah. just overwhelming all of those things it's quite mad now I just yeah. want to take you back to I want to understand a little bit more about why you chose to do an epidural what is it because given you you're completely freaking out about injections that seems like a really interesting decision do you want to shed a bit yeah. of light around that um yeah I think again I think for me one of the main deciding factors was that I wanted to enjoy the experience and i I know people who have had really positive experiences with a normal birth, water birth, all sorts of things, and they've gone on to have many children and they say it's absolutely fine. I was really scared of labor and I wanted to 
to enjoy the moment. So mm. I, I made that decision because I wanted to be in control. I didn't want to be worried about, all oh, this contraction really hurt. And so what if in, you know, 10 minutes time, it's even more. I didn't want that. I didn't want mm. to be, the way that I freaked myself out through the labor, I didn't want that to continue, uh, through the pregnancy, sorry. I didn't want that to continue through labor. Mm. So that was one of my main reasons yeah. for wanting it. Yeah. No, so it sounds like you just had an amazing experience and in, in with the epidural as well. You still you sound like you were really connected to that birth experience and it just sounds like you feel so positively about the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely absolutely 100% and I I left, you know, we left the hospital the next day and my friends came over and they said we can't believe and and I actually went for a walk two days later and they said I can't believe that you, you know, you don't seem like you've had a baby and I said to be honest, I'm I, and I was, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was actually so buzzing on how positive an experience I had had. And I was so pleased. And now, thinking about, you know, having another one, which I do want to do at some stage, I said, I understand that, you know, that, that all labours are different. But it is it, just knowing that you can be in control of the situation. And even if I wasn't able to have the epidural, like I said, the, the experience that I had with the water getting in the bath and then the water at the end, that, you know, it was just to know that you can, you do have options, you do have choices, and you are still, you know, in a position and in a, in a mental state to really, um, to, to, like I said, be in control, really. Mm. A lot of people had said to me, oh, you know, when when people are in labour, they say all these crazy things or, oh, they're totally out of it or, you know, all that type of thing. Did you know that you'll be totally out of it? You won't even know what you're saying. And I was thinking, oh my God, and I, I hate that. Like I said, with my panic attacks and anxiety, I hate not being able to at least be, you know, mentally in the moment and be able to understand what's happening. So I was terrified. Oh my gosh, am I going to be, you know, totally in a different place in my mind? And, and I wasn't. I was actually really there and I was present and I was able to really enjoy the whole experience. And it was just amazing. It mm. really was. Now, I'm, I, now you went for a walk two days later, which sounds amazing. So I'm sure your fitness regime during your pregnancy had a lot to do with that. But did you do, yeah. it, it, did you, is there anything else that you did? Like, did, when did you start to exercise? When did you start, did you do any pelvic floor exercises or, I don't know. Afterwards. Afterwards. When did you start all that stuff? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's kind of what I'm developing at the minute. There's, it's, you have a six-week check, as you know, where you're mm. cleared for exercise. So I waited until my six weeks to before I went back to a gym and worked on exercises in that way. So the muscles around your joints all relax, uh, you know, a lot through pregnancy, so that you to prepare for labour and, and prepare for birth. So you do have to wait for that before you can work on a lot of resistance exercises. But you can again. I started walking. Within two days, I personally I did go for a for a jog. I wouldn't advise that to everybody, but I did go for a jog after two and a half weeks. I think I did my first one. It was only ten minutes, but that was really good just to get me back into the swing of things. And it was really slow paced, but it was I really enjoyed that. Um, And then, like you said, I did a lot of pelvic floor exercises. I did a lot of um, I worked a little bit then on stability exercises again, just to re-engage my core. But mainly it was about getting my 
mentally getting back into a frame of mind of, okay, I want to get back into a healthy lifestyle and, um, you know, I've got a baby, so I wanted to include that in it. So my whole the, the fitness concept that I've now built and developed and will be sort of putting out there next year is all about, it starts with, a, with your mental attitude and it all starts with mindfulness and there's yoga included in that and stretching and everything like that and it then will go on to physical exercise and I know that a lot of pregnant women want to fat burn and get back to their pre-pregnancy physique and that's all well and good but you it does you know it takes a bit of time but I think it's really important to get you yourself mentally in that headspace of okay I want to be, live a fit and healthy lifestyle and you do now have a baby that you need to include in that mm. you know so um there's i mean there's diet plans out there and fitness plans out there all the time but a lot of them don't consider a, a child so what i'm really trying to do is make it specifically for mothers you know with young children or two children or you know five children however many you want to have you've got <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I then, I, and I've kind of got all those details together and that's my own personal experience and um, experiences of others has all come together for me to build this concept that I've come up with. Mm. When I try doing some exercise with my little one and I'd be on the floor yeah. trying to do some crunches or something and she's just far more interested. She might be playing with something and then the minute I'm lying on the floor next to her, she wants to climb on me and so next thing I'm trying yeah. to do crunches with her, I'm sitting on my face Yeah, or exactly. You know? Well, but that's exactly what I do. I mean, I do, I use Rio in all of my exercise so he's sort of become my dumbbell. Oh, so I'm, Yeah, so I'm, I literally do use him in the exercises as I'm squatting, <laughs> I hold him to my chest or I lift him over my head in a shoulder press or you know what so he is part of my workout program yeah. um I, I but i would think that for ladies who have just had a baby and are in the first few weeks your diet and your healthy eating not a diet your diet yeah. healthy eating is one of the most important things that you can do mm. really so thinking about Especially just back to the post-birth period then it sounds you know with your positive birth experience did mm-hmm. you it how was the post-birth period for you did you experience any sort of anxieties or anything or did you sort of have this kind of post-birth high this rush what was that um, emotional I, journey like for yeah you? I had so I did I had I had you know like I said I was buzzing for weeks off the experience I had and obviously off my son and um, just having a baby which was amazing I am still breastfeeding at the moment um and I actually in the first week or so, it was easy. I, I was really lucky. He attached within 10 minutes and he feeds really well, always has done. All of that is brilliant. But emotionally and mentally, I wasn't prepared for the the demanding nature of that. And so, again, that's taken a lot of work for me mentally to, to get my head in the space with the breastfeeding and I, I really struggled with that and I I felt a lot of pressure to breastfeed, which, as I said, I, I have done it. Um, and I'm actually in the middle of writing an article about exactly that and where this pressure kind of comes from. But that did take a lot of my mental, my mental space, you know, mm. my positive energy was put into trying to get my head around that because I wanted to breastfeed. And I just, that he fed a lot all the time, often and for a long time. And so I, I found that, then eventually became such an overriding factor and actually my article is about how that can kind of be a real shame if you have been so excited to be a parent and then something like this that 
if if I had been prepared for it, it wouldn't have been such a problem. But it came out of nowhere, and I didn't feel as though I'd got a lot of posit- uh, a lot of honest, realistic views on how breastfeeding actually is. I'd heard a lot of oh, it's great, it creates a bond between mother and baby, and blah blah blah, and it is great. And I I do there are really great aspects to it, and obviously the the health benefits are brilliant for the child. But mentally for the mother, it is hard work. And no one had sat me down and said, look, it is hard work. And there will be nights where it's 3 a.m. and he's been feeding for an hour and a half and you put him down and 40 minutes later he's screaming again and you've got to go. And no one had really prepared me for that. And now that I'm prepared, next time, mm. I don't think it would be so drastic. I think I would enjoy the whole thing a lot more. Mm. But at the time, I hadn't really taken that into account mm. so but, to, if, if there's a pregnant mum listening to this now how would you what would you, what do you wish you had been you had been told to prepare better just the reality of it i think one the reality there are times when it is hard there are times when when breastfeeding is really difficult um in, whether it's emotionally obviously there can be physical things where if the baby doesn't latch on or if they've got a tongue tie and all mm-hmm. of that i didn't have those issues but mentally if you do decide to on-demand feed as well which is what was really sort of pushed at me and it does feel at times i felt as though he was demanding it i didn't feel like mom can i play a bit i felt like he was going now ah! and i just didn't wasn't prepared so i think one just to understand that it, it can be difficult there are difficult times but you're not alone in thinking that and it doesn't make you a bad mother because I sat there and I was crying and I was thinking, oh my gosh, does it make me a bad mum that I'm so fed up with it? I'm, it's 3am, I don't want to be doing it and I'm tired but I feel guilty for all those things because he's a baby but it's not, you don't need to feel guilty, it's fine, you're a mum and what then eventually really helped me eventually was one, help, one of the um, breastfeeding workers, she said to me, look, you do have a choice. You do have a choice. Because I, I felt so pressured into it. I felt as though I didn't have a choice to use formula. I felt like, no, 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 he's latching on. So what good excuse have I got? I can't say, oh, you know, it was painful or, oh, he wasn't interested or, oh, he wasn't latching on. I, everything's fine. I just, you know, and as the second she said to me, you have got a choice. The second I knew I had a choice, I thought, actually, mm-hmm. now I'm doing this because I want to do it. And from then on, it was fine. The second I knew that, okay, if I want to, I can use formula, and it doesn't make me any less of a mother than any breastfeeding mum out there if I decide to use formula. That's absolutely fine. And then I felt I didn't need it because mm. by that point, you know, I'd got myself into a space where actually I was making the decision to do it rather than feeling pressured into it. Yeah, yeah, and that makes complete sense. When I was breastfeeding <laughs> in my first, but with my first one, I, I, you know, I felt that as well, just those late nights, not late nights, all the night, and having to get up and I don't know I, I just got addicted to my smartphone in those times because at least yeah. I had something to do and I just kept thinking how did mums do it before smartphones I know just sit there I know. in the dark on their own what I know. can you do I'm, you can't I'm, you know? I'm the exact same I, I actually started I started on audio tapes <laughs> yeah. so Harry Potter audio I'd have that in headphones in my ears breastfeeding for hours and then I'd wake up and think oh at least I'm about to find out what happened with Hagrid or whatever you know <laughs> and so I started listening to audio tapes breastfeeding but again yeah smartphone I know and, yeah. and, and that's you know got its own that's a whole nother category having a smartphone and a baby is yeah, really no, try hard you know? 
complete godsend. I think I spent a fortune on eBay in my first few weeks when I was breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Buying all these little lovely little newborn outfits. Oh, look how cute that is. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Well, listen, Shakira, it's been absolutely fabulous listening to your experience. Now, you talked a lot about all the stuff that you've been preparing. So just tell us a little bit more about where we can find out more about this stuff that you're developing, what you're, you know, what you're up to, your classes, all that kind of stuff. Where can people find out about you online? Yeah, Yeah, great. So um, my, on Twitter, I'm Shakira Akabusi. And on Instagram, I'm Shakira.Akabusi. Uh, well, you'll find lots of all, all my updates there and I'm constantly posting little workout videos that I'm doing with Rio I'm posting healthy recipes that are good for mum and baby and my the actual fitness program that I'm I've now just finalized putting together will come out next year in 2016 is when I'm going to launch that and it's specifically for mum and babies and it's going to be found at stronglikemum.com wow, um, okay. and it's all going to be about um, there'll be a bit of information about how to prepare and be healthy and fit through pregnancy, but then again, after pregnancy, how to how to regain your figure and just regain a sense of self, be men, you know mentally in a good space. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of healthy recipes that you can cook for you and your little one when they get to that age, mm-hmm. so that you're not having to cook separately for you a healthy meal and then separately for the rest of the family. It's all going to be something that will work, should work really easily for, for a mother. And it's all very time effective. The workouts are all short 15 minute workouts. Um, just a little secret about it. I'll just tell you a little bit that it's basically um, three 15 minute workouts that you can include your baby within those workouts. And um, one of those 15 minutes is about mindfulness and yoga, which is the most important aspect of this program, especially for mothers, because it is, it is a tough job being a mum, and it is hectic and it gets busy. And just, I feel if I can make you take 15 minutes, just three days a week, 15 minutes for yourself to mentally get yourself into a good place, it will it will change the way that you you know mm. you can sustain and help you sustain a healthy lifestyle. Mm. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to have all those links on the podcast show notes that you'll be able to find at oh, fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash Shakira. So all the links will be there so that people can find out where to follow you on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. Oh, perfect. So thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me on. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, much for really joining enjoyed me. It. It's been fabulous. I hope you enjoyed listening to Shakira sharing her journey and also talking about breastfeeding and what it was like having an epidural for her birth. Now, as I mentioned during the chat, you can find out all the links about where you can find Shakira on the podcast show notes at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash Shakira. And there's links to her Instagram feed where she shares videos of her doing workouts with baby Rio. And there's her Twitter name there as well. So you can find links. I think she's got a lot of videos on there. And of course, her YouTube channel where she's got different videos again. All really great stuff for the mum trying to get her figure back with her little baby. I love, I've checked out these videos. They're brilliant. And her baby Rio is just adorable. And especially when she's in crunches and then lifts him up and gives him a nice little kiss. It's brilliant. And uh, and I only wish I could do that with my little one now, except she's quite heavy and I don't think I'd actually be able to lift her or do any crunches whatsoever. So you've really got to take advantage of these kind of exercises while your little ones are l- small enough for you to be able to lift like that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's show and I'll be back again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. You've just been listening to Alexia Leachman from the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.